This is the Agent Mind Podcast. Welcome to episode 13 of the Agent Mind Podcast. I'm your host, TJ McGraw, and I'm an active investor and real estate agent. And I'm on a quest to define the perfect mindset in order to build wealth and live within your passions. And as you know, the purpose of this show is to document um, some really awesome conversations that I'm having with uh, people in inside and outside of the industry. Um, you know, but everything's all the conversations are definitely had through the lens of a real estate professional. Um, so if you enjoy what we're doing here, please subscribe, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, and check out the website, theagentmind.com. And before we dig into the show, how would you like to free up more of your time, hand off those mundane admin tasks that slow you down so you can focus on the things that really drive revenue and put more money in your pocket? Well, Reva Global Virtual Assistants can do that for you. All of their skilled assistants specialize in helping real estate professionals with hundreds of tasks. So stop trying to do it all yourself and have a virtual assistant do it for you. Check out Reva Global Virtual Assistants by heading over to theagentmind.com and click the link, learn more about virtual assistants. All right, today we have Christine Palm. She's a wholesaler out of Lexington, Kentucky. And um, I know a lot of wholesalers kind of have a bad rap. There's some bad apples uh, in the bunch that have uh, kind of ruined it for everybody. But what I love about Christine is that she definitely has a servant heart. She's out there trying to help people, trying to solve problems for sellers that may feel stuck um, in, a, in a property that is a burden to them. Um, she has an awesome entrepreneurial spirit um, that she's had since she was a very young girl and uh, ambitious too. She, she's, um, I'll let her tell a story, but um, she definitely wants to uh, grow nationally um, to some degree and um, just a pretty cool story and a little surprise at the end. Uh, we find out, um, I love doing these podcasts because we find out little, little interesting things about people. So there's a little nugget at the end there that's uh, pretty interesting about Christine. So I hope you enjoy the show. All right. Hey everyone. I'm here with Christine Palm from Lexington, Kentucky. Um, she's a wholesaler with a really great story. Started out in the service industry, spent a ton of years at UPS. Um, and then just now she's a full-time uh, real estate investor. So welcome to the show, Christine. How's it going? Thank you. It's great. I'm honored to be on your, on your podcast. Thank oh, you for great. having me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I like to definitely get, you know, different um, aspects of the real estate business. Because as you know, just the age of mind is about, you know, doing things a little bit differently than just kind of drudging it out as a, as a real estate, a traditional real estate agent. So um, there's lots of ways to make money in real estate. So, and, and wholesaling, um, can be one of them for sure. I mean, if, if your broker allows it, but, uh, I guess just let's, um, <laughs> let's, let's start off here. And then I want to dig into your story a little bit, just so we we're, we're clear from the beginning. What is wholesaling? So wholesaling is where you buy houses as is, and it's not listed on the MLS. So I would, I do a lot of marketing to find motivated sellers who have properties that need a lot of work and I get under contract and then I assign my contract to an investor who then fixes it up and to either resell or to rent out. So I'm not actually selling the house. I'm selling my interest in the house. Gotcha. So, so tell me, you said assignment, tell us what an assignment is. So I have a contract with the seller to buy their house. And so assigning is where um, the investor will 
sign a form saying that they are now taking over my contract. Mm-hmm. They will perform on my contract. Gotcha. <laughs> and and there's a couple different ways to to do that. Um, do you do it any other way, or is that your your main way? To that's my favorite way. Gotcha. It's my favorite way. Um, but I could also double close where I actually close on it in my name and then I sell it. Then I'm the, the seller of the house to the investor. And normally that happens at the same time. Yeah. So there, yeah, yeah. a lot of people don't, don't know this, but you can, um, I'm actually, I'm more familiar with, with the laws in Georgia being near Atlanta, but um, okay, Kentucky may be pretty similar, but I know in Georgia, you can, you would actually close on the home you're buying first, like 45 minutes before you close on the home, you close on the, the, the selling aspect of it. So it's already funded because it goes, the money goes to a closing attorney and they have it in an escrow account. So you can actually close kind of backwards than, than one would think. I don't know. Do they do that in, in Kentucky? Do you, is it a, is it a closing attorney state or is it just a title company state? Well, I hear of a lot of people using a title company, but I use a closing attorney. Gotcha. So I've never closed with just a title company, but yes, I go through a closing attorney and mine, the one that I use is very knowledgeable about what it is that I'm doing. And sometimes we can do it all at the same time. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Nice. So. What, um, I'm going to ask you one more question about wholesaling and then I want to dig into your story for sure. So there's when some folks hear the word wholesaler, they mm-hmm. kind of have a, they have a, uh, some wholesalers can have a, have a bad reputation. So mm-hmm. like, wh- why do you think that is? And, you know, tell, tell us like a little bit about what, what the ethics that you work by to kind of come yeah. that. Well, I personally come into the business wanting to help the seller. I want to help solve their problem. And, um, you know, hence my company name, Sidewalk Property Solutions. Um, But, you know, like I'm trying to help them to have a solution to solve their problems. And so um, I think that a lot of times with wholesalers who have a bad rap, they may say, oh yeah, I'll pay you this much and then have an inspection period. And they use that inspection period to um, cut down on the price and to make the seller sell for a, a lesser price. And they use bullying and things like that. And that's personally not something that I'm into. I I don't like to be bullied and I don't want to be a bully. (laughs) So, um, yeah. And, um, you know, so I, I like to do what I say I'm going to do. And, um, if I'm worried about it, I might just let them know that I'm worried about it and I'm going to do everything I can to solve their problem. So I think some people don't, don't worry about solving their problem. They're just in it for themselves. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. I guess in every business, there's people like that. (laughs) Yeah. Wholesalers can be um, aggressive and um, ethics aren't always a a top of mind for some, for some wholesalers. So it's, it's definitely refreshing to, to come across 
wholesalers like yourself that are they have ethics and morals and the, their true passion is to help the seller um yeah and and really if, if a lot of people say well you're getting a cut of the, of the money well yeah i mean you're you're helping them um and that's what you do for a living so i don't there's nothing wrong with getting paid for your service you know what i mean so yeah i also find it important to pro to bring a property or or a house to someone to the investor as well like i want the investor to be able to make money as well mm-hmm. after they you know buy buy the property fix it up they should be able to make money at the end yeah. so i do know that on that side of the business there are wholesalers who are like well i'm not going to do this deal unless i make 20 grand and and then you know the the investor can't make money right so I, I try to make it a win-win-win. So for all people involved. Yeah. And that's yeah. great. That's it's definitely refreshing that because I know for sometimes new investors, they're trying to link up and network with wholesalers. And if they can't find one that that is, you know, on the up and up, then oftentimes they end up getting, you know, they, they learn a big lesson on the on the first deal or so <laughs> because they <laughs> They get into it. It's a it, the property, the, the acquisition for them is a little bit too high. They just can't make the numbers work with the repairs and the and the uh, ARV, the after renovated value. So, no, yeah, it might know. be their one and only deal as well. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. So, it, it, let me ask you this: Do you like how, walk me through um, analyzing a deal? Okay, so I do try to get MLS comps. Mm-hmm. And I want to know what houses in that area fixed up are selling for. And then I, I personally go by 80% because mm-hmm. I know as an investor, they are going to need to refinance the property and they'll probably get refinanced at 80% mm-hmm. of what the house appraises for. This is if they're keeping it. Mm-hmm. And so, and then I, uh, We'll have looked at the house already. I'll see what type of repairs the property needs. I would minus that out from that 80% number. And then I would minus out what I am trying to make as well. Gotcha. Yeah. That makes sense. So yeah. So do you have um do you have contractors and stuff that you work with? They they give you quotes on that or do you where do you get the <laughs> I, repair numbers? Well, I have a sheet that okay. has a list of a lot of different repairs like paint, flooring, mm-hmm. HVAC, you know, all the different things, roof. And mm-hmm. so I, as I'm walking the house, I'm, I'm filling out this form and it has estimated amounts. Yeah. So, uh, and so then I just use that to tally. Um, but I do, you know, when, when an investor buys a property for me, they do need to do their due diligence as yeah. well. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I'm about to say is that it would be impossible for you to get a, an exact repair value because a, there's, you know, when you get into it, sometimes there's other things that are uncovered that would be impossible for you to see on that first inspection and B, you know, each contractor, each subcontractor is going to have a little bit different cost here and there. So an estimate and range, I think that's great, but there are, you know, I don't want to harp on the, the, the bad guys, but there are wholesalers out there that just kind of throw a number out. They just, and the, 
and they're not really doing comps. They just they say it's oh it's yeah it's gonna the ARV is gonna be two hundred seventy thousand dollars <laughs> without really doing much, you know yeah much um, research on it. So and same thing yeah. with the repairs too. So sometimes I've I've gotten properties from wholesalers that I mean they're like full guts and full gut renovations and and they're saying it's that the the repairs are going to be you know, $60,000. <laughs> and then, and then the ARV is like this really high number that just doesn't make sense at all. So um, yeah, I, I think that's great. And that's what I, I definitely love having you on here as someone who is, um, you know, trying to, they, of course you're in business to make money. Nobody begrudges that, but doing it the right way is, is important, yeah. think, you know, in this business. Um, and I do try to encourage my investors when we go look at the house, if, mm-hmm. if they are uncertain, in their own skills of knowing how much a renovation is going to cost to bring mm-hmm. their contractor with them yeah. at that time. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not like, Oh, just you, you know, <laughs> like bring your people yeah. <laughs> when you come look at it. Yep. So, and you can, you can only come just you, but it's gotta be at night <laughs> and you can only yes, have one in the dark. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So that's good. So let's dig in. Tell us your story. Like, where did you, you were in the service industry. You worked for UPS for 11 years, I think. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, how did you make that? Yeah. How was that? What was your mindset like then? And, and how did you make the leap into investing? Well, I think I've actually been pretty entrepreneurial my whole life uh, since I was seven. Um, I loved riding my bike. I lived in the Bay Area of California at the time. And I just would leave my bike in the front yard and my parents would tell me, hey, you know, you can't leave your bike out. It's going to get stolen. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And um, it got stolen. And yeah. <laughs> my parents <laughs> my parents said, you know, you didn't take care of the things that we gave you. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to buy you a new bike. You need to buy your own. And so this is in the, you know, in the 80s. And um I didn't get on an allowance, so I had to go hustle <laughs> to make money. And I remember I saved up $67 and some change. And my dad was really impressed and was like, hey, let's go get you a new bike. I'll pay the difference and you could pay me back. And I was like, well, let's find one on sale. And so I got one on sale that was $67 and I didn't have to pay my dad back. But ever since then, I was like, I can go make money many different ways you know and so ever since then i've been trying to make to grow businesses i would clean people's houses i would babysit i would do all these things and um so yeah so eventually though i did get a job at ups and um i mean it's a good job it's a it's a good company and you know i'm or I was vested and had retirement and all these things, but I just felt like my soul was being sucked out of me every day. And I think it's, (laughs) I think it's because, you know, I had that entrepreneurial spirit where Mm -hmm. I was like, I want to be my own boss. I want to do what I want to do. And so when I was uh, around 18, I somehow learned about real estate investing and, uh, it probably took me a whole decade before I actually even learned about wholesaling. And then in 2013, I did a couple deals and, uh, (laughs) then then I used up all my, all my profit and 
was out of money and had to go get another job. And, uh, (laughs) you know, my, my favorite. Oh, and, um, but eventually, you know, the, the guy wholesaled the properties to, he had gone and like bought some apartments. And so he was like, Hey, let's join up together. And so for the past three years, I'd been working with him and he was able to pay for marketing. And I went out and hustled and did all the work, uh, talking to sellers, finding buyers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but yeah, so this year he, he is focusing on his own thing. He's doing his apartments and I started my own company and, um, I'm just here, you know, awesome. doing it. <laughs> so you're, so you said you're, uh, you're a year in or this year he, he, you kind of went, I'm sure it wasn't a, mm-hmm. a bad parting, but he, he's focusing on his apartment stuff and you mm-hmm. opened your own own company so, so yes my own company yes cool so is it still just you at this point so now it's just me mm-hmm. um i should be in a month or two hiring another another person to help me on the phones and to go on appointments and mm-hmm. so it'll be it'll be more of us nice. soon yeah. yeah well i have to say i think that was um you might agree that that was probably the best thing your parents could have ever done Oh yes. Buy your own bike. <laughs> yes, it was probably the single most influential moment of my life. Wow. Yeah. In the, in the whole forty years I've been alive, that's like the the thing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> you wouldn't be here now doing having your own company and and no. being your own boss and all that stuff. So that's yeah. awesome. What did you do it, it to to earn the the money to for the bike? Um, I think it was the beginning of fall. So mm-hmm. I went door to door and asked if I could rake their, their yard. And I, um, I don't really remember whose bathrooms I cleaned, but I think mm-hmm. I cleaned some neighbors bathrooms. Um, granted, this was like 30 something years ago. Yeah, so I know course. that I <laughs> I went and cleaned for people. I I didn't babysit at that time when I was seven, but mm-hmm. I do remember a lot of leaf leaf raking. Yeah, during the fall. So that how cool! What a gift I think from your parents though to to kind of teach you that lesson because you definitely just like you said is a very pivotal moment and just taught you that you are the master of your own destiny really. And if you want to make yeah. money, then you mm-hmm. can go and make money. And you don't have to. Um, you know, go the traditional route of um, getting a job and, and working for somebody and getting that 3% raise every year and mm-hmm. and saving your in your retirement that hopefully it'll be there when you're when you retire. <laughs> so it, yeah, yeah, it's kind of crazy. And then plus, a, a lot of us that have this kind of entrepreneurial spirit, we're, we're kind of unemployable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're not the greatest employees. <laughs> that's for sure. So no, awesome. So so, so where, um where are you now in, in your business? Like what as far when I mean by where are you now, kind of what, what are you working on in your business? I know you're about to hire somebody to bring them on, which is, you know, so there's growth happening there. So where are you now and kind of where are you, where are you headed? Well, right now I am doing most of the work myself. I am, I request lists from the city with the freedom of information act. And I am able to get some information uh, for motivated sellers and I'll send them a letter and I'll skip trace 
their phone numbers and I'll give them a call. And um, so that's one thing that I've done these past three years is I've done mostly um, cold calling. Mm-hmm. And so I have a dialer and it just will ring people and I'll just sit there and talk to people as we go and see. Um, I also put out bandit signs and then I do a lot of follow-up that is like gold is in the follow-up. So I have to have a little schedule, uh, I have a calendar and I schedule it out. So when I'm talking to them, they'll say, you know, I'm not ready now, but I might be in two months. So then in two months I give them a call. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, so it's about staying organized and knowing when to follow up mm-hmm. with people. I mean, that's it's, it's just like being an agent kind of in, in that regards. Right? <laughs> follow up. That's where they hide the good stuff is in the follow up. And it's yeah. like what what is this? They say it's what 12, seven to 12 touches before yeah. somebody really makes a decision. Mm-hmm. So that's that's awesome. But let, let me back up a little because you said a few things. Okay. The Freedom of Information Act. So like tell, tell yes. us more about that. What's because I think a, a, a lot of people that are, are, are thinking about wholesaling or thinking about flipping or getting into investing, um, they're just not sure where to get leads from. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it is kind of a difficult mm-hmm. thing, especially in a market like we have right now, where sellers yeah. are getting top dollar. So what, mm-hmm. what's, what's the Freedom of Information Act and, and how, do you, how do you use it? Well, the Freedom of Information Act is a law. I think <laughs> it's a law where, where the government is required to give you information. Mm-hmm. So um, you can, you know, like I will send a letter to the fire department and I'll say, please send me all your residential calls that you've gotten. So when, when someone has a fire, they call the the fire department and they come to the house. So, so I'll get a list of houses that the fire department went to. Gotcha. Yeah. So I request that. And I think I had to try a few times because you have to have the right wording. Sometimes I have to call the fire department and say, Hey, this is what I'm trying to get. How should I request it? And then they'll tell you. And so like, I might try to call or request a fire list from an outside county mm-hmm. the same way as my county and it might not work so then i have to call that them and say hey how do i get this you know yeah. so so that's the freedom of information act uh, it is a lot more difficult but uh, a lot of people will just buy a list like you can go on list source or propstream.com mm-hmm. and you can request lists there but you have to pay for those. You're paying this, their service to give you the list. Gotcha. Yeah. So I do a little bit of both. Okay. And what do you, do you find that the, the leads that you get from the fire departments and the, the, from the freedom of information act, do you find that there there's less competition for those or and like, is there yes. even competition when you buy the lists? Like what, how does that work? Cause I imagine there's, there's a lot of, a fair amount of people out there wholesaling, so yes. if you ever bump into, into competition, like other people trying to, yes. to get you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for sure. Um, there are, uh, when I first started cold calling here in Lexington, I think I was the first one mm-hmm. because so many people will be like, wow, nobody ever called me about my house before. And now, now they're like, oh, 
you're like the third person to call me today about my house and like the 25th person this week. And so, (laughs) so, you know, (laughs) there are a lot more people and, um, doing what I'm doing. So that's where you have to try to be different. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. What was the question? Um, really just, it's definitely about competition. You answered a few questions that I was about to ask. So that's no. good. <laughs> um, but it's really like, do you, do you find like, if you, if you really put in the work and get the the list from the fire departments um, that's, that you aren't paying for, do you find there's less competition when you call those houses yeah. or those owners as if they're compared to the, when you buy a list and yeah. find those owners? Yeah, there is uh, less competition there's definitely less competition um unless those people are on other lists as well right (laughs) because some sometimes those are the good ones that are on the people who are on multiple lists Mm -hmm. so but yes it is to me i think it is easier and i do find that those lists from from foia or freedom of information act Mm -hmm. i end up getting more deals from that rather than from the ones that i Gotcha. No, that I buy. Until this podcast. Unless it's a big list that I buy. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Now you gave away all your secrets. So now. Right. <laughs> no, it's a, I mean, there's, there's certainly a, um, a, a cost of admission. You know, when you, mm-hmm. there's the, the work you have to put in to get the list, you know, the more barriers you set up or the more barriers that are there in front of you, of course, the less competition because the less people are going to be willing to go through that. If you have a few yeah. bucks, it's easy to spend the, the money to get the list and then, you know, pay somebody to call. Yeah. So um, it, it just depends on where, where you're at and what, what model works best, you know, for you. So, yeah, cool. Um, so skip tracing. So you say you mm. mentioned skip tracing, which I've talked about on the podcast here before, but tell yeah. me, tell me how you use it and, and what is it? And... Yeah. So skip tracing is where you would have a person's name and their address. Uh, I prefer to use the mailing address rather than property address. But um, so I send that information to the skip tracing company and they will send me back phone numbers or emails or both or many of each. (laughs) And um, so, so there's a company where you can just upload a spreadsheet. Okay. And those ones are really easy. And I think they have, the companies somehow have a have a system you know it's just automated i guess because i can get back a list of a thousand names in like 15 minutes nice so so i i assume that's pretty automated (laughs) and then there's some where you hire hire a va and then they will individually search for the people's names on different uh because there's also subscriptions where you can just search for people's names Mm -hmm. and the city um but yeah that's more manual and takes longer to get gotcha and so there's many many skip tracing companies out there that range from anywhere from like 10 cents to 30 cents per record gotcha and per record you mean per Per person or per yeah address per person mm-hmm. yeah so yes you, so then you take you take that obviously you take that contact information and you start you just start calling yeah so I upload that into my dialer 
Okay. And um, once I started, I call into the dialer and then it's just calling people. And, and yeah. What, and so how, how many deals do you get kind of out of like how many calls do you have to make before you, you, you get a deal? <laughs> do you have that? <laughs> I, I don't know that for certain because you have to do a lot of follow up. Whereas like if you were to send letters or put out bandit signs or have a website, mm -hmm. the people who reach out to you from those, from those marketing channels, they're mm -hmm. ready to sell. Yeah. But when you're cold calling someone, you could say, Hey, do you want to sell this house? And they're like, well, maybe, maybe, Yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, I think so. Maybe next year. So there was right this, the, the, the top of the funnel, as it were, and, and you probably put the idea into their head. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. But uh, there, I did close a deal in December where the first time I had talked to the seller's mom was, I think it was Halloween of 2018. Mm-hmm. And then I followed up with her a few times and then unfortunately she passed away and I didn't know. And I had left a message on her voicemail and her son called and said, Hey, you know, <laughs> my yeah. mom died. And I was like, Oh no. And so I just continued to build a relationship with him and I followed up mm -hmm. every once in a while. And he ended up having some like legal troubles and, you know, like family things. And yeah. finally, when he was cleared to, to sell and move, you know, we were able to go and, and we got under contract on Halloween 2020. Oh, wow. It was right. two years. Yeah. Two years. And then we, yeah. And then we closed shortly after that. So, yeah. So this is it. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people will look at investing in real estate and, or they get into it thinking it's going to be a get rich quick, you know, way to do mm -hmm. things, but you know, just like everything else in, in life, it's, it's takes, sometimes it takes a little while before you start to see the returns on your work. And, and yeah. two years, it's quite a lot. I mean, I'm sure you had deals before that, yeah, but two years is, is a yeah. long time for just persistence, you know, staying, staying in contact with somebody. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So that's awesome. That's it's, And one thing too, I have to say, you know, like on that get rich quick scheme is, or thinking that way mm -hmm. is like, sometimes you have to work on your own skills within yourself because I'm, I'm a better saleswoman now than I mm -hmm. was three years ago or, or back in 2013. And maybe that's why I didn't succeed in 2013 because I wasn't a good saleswoman. Yeah. You know, like I wasn't in a sales job before, you know, I was in a service job, you know, mm -hmm. unloading airplanes, you know, so, you know, so you don't learn sales in that position. Right. And so I, you know, I took it upon myself to train myself to learn sales and I'm still in like sales masterminds. And so it, it really isn't easy. It's simple. It's very simple, but but you got to learn and do different things and, and be persistent. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the concept is easy and it's easy for a lot of people to understand, but the, the work and the doing, actually doing it is a whole nother ball game. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's where the hard part, that's where the, the rubber meets the road, as they say, for sure. So you mentioned, um, 
this you this this un, unfortunately a woman that you had been keeping in touch with she passed away and her mm -hmm. son um i guess he inherited the property that... well she had actually deeded it to him okay in 2008 gotcha and then when she died his sister was like hey 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 that's my house uh, too and yeah. and he was like no and so he had to get get the judge and or a lawyer and that yeah. and that's part of the reason why it took so long yeah and often because she, she had only passed away you know like not even six months after my first contact ah, so we okay. spent like a year and a half for him to be able to legally sell it wow yeah that's quite a while yeah do you do anything else with with probate or do you just mainly focus on um it's like de deferred maintenance, distressed kind of properties. I do both. I do think that more of mine are more probate. I have more probate deals okay. where, where mom died and mm -hmm. the siblings didn't want to live there or they wanted to share the equity or something yeah. to that effect. Gotcha. So I do. Those are a majority of mine. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you go after like any kind of probate lists or anything like that? Or you just, you just find that you come across them? I did in the past. Mm -hmm. I did, uh, back in 20, <laughs> 2013, I did buy that, but those leads were really expensive. Mm -hmm. So I just haven't. Yeah. I just haven't. Yeah. Say, you know, the, the, of course the trick is when you're in business is to keep your overhead low and your, your revenue high. So, yeah. <laughs> Going after the expensive lists you know, can be detrimental, especially when you're kind of starting out, for sure. When there's a lot of a lot of free ways to get things. When I say free, I mean monetarily. <laughs> you know, you got to put yeah. the time in the in the, the sweat for it, for sure. So what what um let's talk a little more about mindset. So you were yeah working you know W two job weren't you know get, realized that you're unemployable like the rest of us. And so how did you, what, what, why'd you pick wholesaling and what is it about real estate that, that, that attracted you and just how, how was your, did you go through any struggles or anything like that? I know I just asked you a lot of questions. So just yeah. kind of, what's the story of like making that transition? For one thing, I really like helping people. So that's part of the reason why I prefer wholesaling over being a real estate agent, mm -hmm. because most of the, the people that you're helping as an agent have already fixed up their house and, and that's good. But, um, you know, I like helping the people who can't do that. And so that's part of the reason why I like wholesaling. And when I, I wholesaled a couple houses from putting out bandit signs and I tried a few different marketing channels that didn't really work. And um, I think I had to grow myself to know that I can continue. Like, even though I failed quote unquote back in 2013 or the couple years after that, like, it didn't mean that I was a failure. I don't really believe in being a failure. Um, I think that, the only time you're truly a failure is if you give up and you don't keep on trying. So, uh, yeah. So it, you can 
try different things and not succeed at it. But as long as you get up and try again, then, you know, you're not failing. You might fail forward, you know, but you're not a failure. Um, and I think, and I, I'm a Christian, so I, I, I read the Bible and I think there's some interesting things in there and it, and there's this one verse that talks about a righteous man falls seven times and gets up again. And I feel like that's the same principle in business as well. You may fail at something, you know, seven times, but are you going to get up again? Mm -hmm. And I think also in business, they say that, you know, 90% 90% of businesses don't make it. Yeah. And so to me, you know, at, through my teenage years and my 20s, I tried many different businesses that didn't really make that much money for me or I didn't know how to run it. Mm-hmm. Um and so those businesses didn't didn't succeed. And so I just had to tell myself like, "Hey, you know, one out of 10 businesses succeed. So if you go through nine businesses that don't work, it's okay. The next one's going to (laughs) work, you know? So um, also like in the past, I would start businesses and go out and create an LLC. Mm -hmm. And uh, I didn't create an LLC for my wholesaling until this year, 2021. Ah, okay. <laughs> so, so I was like, well, I'm not going to go build, make an LLC until I'm like making money. Yeah. Gotcha. So, um, yeah, that's just me. I know a lot of people try to get it before they even start, but that's what I did in the past. And I never made any money in those, in those businesses. So, yeah. Well, people but, do it either way. I, I mean, I could see, I could see mm-hmm. wanting to do that. I mean, there's a little bit of protection there, but people have been successful, you know, starting off not doing it. I mean, I think yeah. the real, the real lesson here is that you, you're taking action. And when you're, yes, you hit a wall, it's, it doesn't stop you mm-hmm. keep going. Cause a lot of people would stop after one yeah. or two, they're like, maybe I'm just not cut out for this. And then they go back yeah. to the W2 jobs and, and <laughs> go back to school and try to get a better job. But yeah, it's about, it's about moving forward and then just, just taking action yeah not not staying down you're getting knocked down not staying i mean one thing's for certain is that you will be knocked down in life that's just what happens so yeah stay down or you can get back up and 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 try again one of those days one of the times you're definitely gonna get going and and you'll get even further won't be all roses but you know as long as you're you're keep moving forward like you said fail forward so i love that yeah so far. And I thank you. I think also one thing that you talked about was taking action. Mm-hmm. And I think with real estate and wholesaling, I mean, there's so many avenues that you can take in the real estate business. And many people are doing research mm-hmm. all the time, just mm-hmm. always learning. And I think learning is very important, but the the learning doesn't have as much value as actually doing. So to me, I want to learn maybe steps one and two and then go do it mm-hmm. and, and maybe read about, you know, steps eight, nine, and 10, but not really focus on that. Like, 
focus, get, get steps one and two done, then work on steps three and four, but you got to do something. You have to take massive action mm-hmm. to succeed. Um, and you can learn every kind of real estate investing there is and never take action and never get a deal, yep. but you can learn one <laughs> and just do it <laughs> and take action. And, you yeah. know, that's awesome. I, I'm glad you said that because it, it it's so true. You, you can get caught up in just in reading and, you know, reading book after book after book or studying, like you said, but if you, if you study and you're, you don't take action, then you don't have a business. You just have a hobby. Cause it's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, you might as well, you know, get, get a job and then, and, and then study on your, on your free time if you're not going <laughs> to move forward on it. So that's, yeah. that's good stuff. I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought that up too. So where, where are you, where in your business and now, I know we talked to you, just, you started LLC, you're going to hire somebody like what's like, what's cooking now. Are, are you getting more deals as you go along or what's your business look like today? Yeah. So I'm, I'm still cold calling still, you know, doing like ringless voicemail. I'm also incorporating more website work, um, like PPC and SEO and um, I'm just going to keep doing that and hiring somebody else to also do the phone work. Uh, so we'll both be doing that and we can go on appointments together and I can help them to know what to do. And so I'm really excited for the future. Mm-hmm. And uh, last year, 2020 was my best year ever. And I'm yes. looking to double it this year. Yeah. So, Congratulations. yeah, thank you. Yeah, twenty twenty was a was a rough year, but it was sometimes was a surprising year for yeah. people in real the folks in real estate that took action. Mm-hmm. They, a lot of a lot of them say it was the best year they've ever had. <clears throat> Whether it's investors, uh, wholesalers, and especially real estate agents, which I think a lot of people were surprised at. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a rough year, and I, I like a lot of people kind of you know, um, put their head in the sand and, and kind of was waiting for things to blow over. And, and other people stood up and, and just said, it, it's, this is how it is. Just, we got to figure out how to work around it and, and took action and move forward. Yeah. That's, that's one thing also is I feel like you can make money in any market, mm-hmm. what, you know, location or economy, you know, mm-hmm. so it could be an up market you can make money. It could be a down market. You can make money. Mm-hmm. You just, you might have to, you know, do things a little bit different, mm-hmm. but I think both, both are fine. Yeah. <laughs> both. You can make money, any market, Absolutely. as long as you, as long as you take action. Yeah. And it's, so. it's, I mean, it, in any market, people are definitely selling houses and people are definitely buying houses and people are fixing yeah. houses and, and reselling houses. So it's, it, it, it really in this business in real estate that's absolutely true and i know a lot of people in the business are talking about there's a there's a recession coming and it's going to be horrible and the market's going to be so bad and it's like well does it does it matter i mean if you're are you going to focus on that <laughs> or are you going to focus yeah. on doing the things that you need to do to make sure that your business survives you know going yeah. going through so yeah there's there's definitely and that's what's so great. That's one of the reasons I started this whole agent mind 
brand basically is is to kind of get that out there that it doesn't it doesn't matter really what's going on in the world even it's it's real estate there's so many different ways to make money and in any market anywhere like you said any location it's just a matter of finding what works and doing it and then when that inevitably that's going to shift and that's not going to work anymore and you have to keep evolving as mm-hmm. a business as a professional and just keep you know l- learning and, and, and growing and, and getting to that next thing so yeah that's good and i and i do know that you know we're we're in a very high market you know like mm-hmm. house prices are really high right now mm-hmm. um and so i think that's you know partly what you're talking about is that there's going to be a crash soon but a lot of people say that wholesalers can't make money in a high market, that they make yeah. their money in the down market after the crash. Mm-hmm. But I mean, last year was my best year yet. Yeah. So, you know, yep. a- as a wholesaler. So there's a lot of naysayers out there. <laughs> it's almost as if you, when you start hearing the, the, you can't, the more you hear, you can't it usually means you're, you're probably kind of on the right track because yeah. a lot of people will listen to that. So the, the competition falls off. And, and if you can just go that mm-hmm. extra mile, I mean, it, it, you know, it's not crowded up there. In the yeah. So yeah, yeah. So when you start hearing you can't, or you like your family's worried about what you're doing and are you sure you can make this work and all that, that kind of negative feedback, oftentimes from people who, care deeply about you they're just concerned but they just can't see your vision that's it that's sometimes that's an indication that you're on the right path you know just kind of yeah. the whole mindset kind of shift to uh to really focus on that I mean, it can be difficult but you can certainly yeah. make it happen i mean if there's if there's a drive and there's a focus you can get it done most definitely yeah there, there was one other thing i was wanting to say is that i've had like wholesaling type people say, Oh, you know, don't work with realtors. Mm. And it's like, well, why, why can't, why can't we work with realtors? Because I talk to a lot of people and there are people who have, you know, for example, I had this one wholesale deal. Uh, it was a probate deal. Their parents had died and none of them wanted to live there. And uh, so I wholesaled their house. Well, then one of the siblings was wanting to move to Florida. So she called me and said, Hey, you know, it was so easy working with you last time. Maybe you can help me with my house. I went over there and it was just immaculate. It looked beautiful. And I was just like, you know, I think you can make more if you just list it with a realtor. Yeah. Do you have one? And so I recommended one of my realtor friends. And so she was able to list it and, and took care of her problem. Mm-hmm. And, uh, with some of my, some of my, uh, marketing that I do, I come across like commercial real estate mm-hmm. and, uh, in my market, I saw this girl was in our real estate Facebook groups talking about how she's a commercial realtor. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, so sometimes I'm just like, well, I, I have these leads you want me to give them to you? And she's like, yeah. So sometimes we work together and uh, she was able to just list a property, a little strip mall nice. in one of the outer counties. So that was, that's really nice to be able to help her with her business and 
I'm able to help the people that I'm talking to. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, working with others is good because when they're doing their marketing, they might find things that are more wholesale yeah. and they could pass them over to me. Yeah. So yeah. I was just about to say that too, because it's, you know, when you get into, once you have your license, as you know, I'm sure. Yes. There, there's a few more laws you gotta, you gotta follow. And one of those is you can't, you know, uh, share your commission with another right. not licensed. But just like you said, we come across deals all the time that aren't mm-hmm. necessarily going to be great to list or they're not going to, mm-hmm. we're not going to be able to get them or help them the way they really could be helped if someone like you were to step in and, and help them out. Um, so that's, it's, that's a great kind of partnership. Um, yeah. yeah. Not, not working with realtors. Of course I'm biased because I do have my license, but you're you're kind of cutting yourself out of of some potential you know business for sure and uh yeah certainly collaboration and and sharing those those leads like you get a a retail lead send it to an agent they get a wholesale lead they send it to you that's just uh that just makes sense makes sense to me for sure so since we're kind of on the topic like what what is is there anything preventing you from getting your license or are you thinking about it maybe in the future? Or what's your thoughts on that? Well, I have been thinking about it a little bit. Um, but also, I know that once I do get my license, that I'm going to have to disclose that mm-hmm. when I'm doing a wholesale deal. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if uh, that's something that I really want to have to do. Uh, I am trying to encourage my husband to get his realtor's license and then we can work together (laughs) in that way. So that way, when, you know, I, I get deals, I can pass them over to him Mm -hmm. and then, you know, like it stays in our household. So, you know, yeah, most definitely. And and just on a, um, even if it's a referral, you know, it's easier, it's easier to get paid if you, if your husband has, has his license. Right. By referring out, you know, the, to, to real estate agents, um, mm-hmm. that might not be in your market or whatever, but, but yeah, yeah that, well, that makes a lot of sense. And there's a lot of ways. I, I, I don't want to say this the wrong way. There's a lot of ways around the constraints of, um, license law and all that. And when I say around, I'm not saying doing anything <laughs> unethical or, or trying to beat the system. But yeah. There's just, there's like up and up ways to do things. And, um, you can definitely, you can definitely work within, the rules and still win at the game. Yeah. So awesome. What's, what's the future hold for your business? Well, I am working on the SEO on my Mm -hmm. website and I would like to, you know, climb the ranks in Google, uh, Mm -hmm. close to the top of the first page, hopefully someday. Um, but I do have friends all over the country who contact me about wholesaling and want to get tips. And, you know, I would like to work with them more in the future when I'm not um, doing so much within my business mm-hmm. and be able to, to coach them a little bit, but also to drop my website in their town. Yeah. And if I've already, you know, built the authority um in that what in my website you know i could add that location Mm -hmm. and then then i'll be able to help bring them leads as well so that is something that i would like to do in the future um 
I don't know when, <laughs> I don't know when, but probably in the next year or two, okay. hopefully be able to start moving that out. Um, but yeah. So be, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm hearing you say you want to, you, you want to build up, you, your focus right now is on the website and SEO. You want to build that up so that you can kind of go nationwide basically. And in essence, I mean, there's definitely many ways you can put people to work for you, but in essence, you're going to use all the contacts to do the work and how to, and kind of get, you'll get a, a cut of that basically. Is that, is that kind of what yeah. you're going for? Yeah. So I think a lot of times there's people who want to do virtual wholesaling. Mm -hmm. And I think that maybe this is my mindset and something that I need to grow in, mm -hmm. but I do find that that's a little more difficult not being there or not having boots on the ground. So yeah. if I had somebody there, you know, that I was helping with wholesaling, then they could go on the appointment. And yeah. um, so I have done uh, some, joint ventures with other wholesalers, like somebody who lives in the other, a different state, but they're marketing here. They might be mm -hmm. from here. Um, so I'll bring a buyer and they'll bring the lead. So I, I yes. figure that that's how I would be is I would be bringing the leads through my website and mm -hmm. then they will be there to go look at the house and maybe bring a buyer as well. Gotcha. Yeah. And then we would split, split it that yeah. way. That makes sense. I mean, that's, that's scalable. You know what? You, yeah. You can only make so many phone calls in a day, and you can yeah. only go visit so many properties. But if you have, you know, a, a few people in in every state, or you know, a, a bunch of people doing this work for you, then that's you that, that unstoppable. You grow as big as you possibly could. So yeah. That's a, that's a good plan for sure. Because I've I've already talked with people in Vegas. Colorado, New Jersey, you know, yes. so, um, I would like to be able to work with them more and also, you know, be able to help bring them leads mm -hmm. through the website as well. So, cool. yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's awesome. I wish you all the luck. Thank you. With growing that. And I know my ultimate goal is to get to a place where I don't really have to work. <laughs> <laughs> just, I got residual income and I, and I own businesses and, you know, have passive income through real estate and, yep. and, and other things. Um, but yeah, when I say not work, I mean, I want to be able to, I want to work on things <laughs> that, that, you know, they bring me joy and passion. Yes. Most definitely. I, I understand exactly where you're coming from. <laughs> so, that, so I have a, a, an odd question that I think okay. I, I like asking because it gets some cool responses. What, what have I not asked you that I should have asked you? Hmm. Well, I mean, I know that this is more of like maybe a fun answer, mm -hmm. like according to like what you just said about how you would like to not have to work. Mm -hmm. I personally would really love to travel more. And yeah. um, I know a lot of missionaries who live in Cambodia mm -hmm. or Uganda and sometimes I'm able to take, take part of the money that I make in my business and wholesaling and be able to invest in them and help them with their endeavors in other countries. And yeah. um, uh, when I was 20, I went to Uganda mm -hmm. and worked at an orphanage for three weeks. And that was back in 2020, I think. Okay. 
No, 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 no. Yeah, two thousand. Two thousand. In two thousand, so it was twenty years ago, and mm-hmm. so now some of those kids that we took care of are grown up, and they're working as interns with the organization, and um, they do. The organization does need money, yeah, but they also are building their own businesses. So they have like a cafe at the equator. And so they're able to serve food or sell art or, mm-hmm. you know, like souvenirs. And uh, I, I'm blessed to be able to help them move into a second location. Nice. And so I personally would love to go visit them soon and be able to see the work that they're doing. And uh, that's something that I would like to do. Yeah. Uh, and I know that making money, you know, through real estate, is is more than you would make at like a w-2 job well Mm -hmm. i guess it depends on what what type of job you have but um you know i'd like to have that freedom to be able to go visit them and yeah uh, and contribute Mm -hmm. more so that's awesome i'm so glad i I love asking that question because i get surprises like that and it's it (laughs) this just adds to what we were talking about in the beginning of the show is like how I, I guess I was kind of asking the question is like, well, how are you a different wholesaler? And I mean, it's clear from our conversation today that you put a lot of heart into it and you're, you have such a great why, you know, why you want to have the freedom to travel and, and help, you know, people that are, that need it and are less fortunate. And that's just, that's just, that's just pretty cool. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's more than like, yeah, I want that Lamborghini. It, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, and I think there's a, it, that's important too, is to have that. Um, I think most people, it's, it's human nature to kind of want to give back and to make an impact in the world. Um, so for you to be able to do that through real estate is, is pretty cool. And I think that, you know, having that drive to get there is just, is, is helping you um, with the motivation for sure. And, and having that vision of, of where you want to be, you know, a few years from now, or hopefully within the year. Um, yeah. That's pretty important. So I think one, a good takeaway from, from this, this, con- this end of the conversation here, uh, or as we approach the end of the conversation is that you find a why, you know, mm-hmm. taking, we talked about taking action. We talked about um, learning, but not wait until you have learned everything, take action kind of trust you know have faith that that what you're doing is is um going to get you to the next level and then and then have a why you know when you put all that stuff together and create this vision then there's really there's really no stopping you as long as you keep working towards that vision it's not you could be you could do anything really so and real estate is one of the one of the businesses that can or one of the industries that can take can get you there in many different ways. So I'm yeah. happy to happy to hear your story. Thanks so much. Thank you. Yeah. Um, as we, uh, as we wrap it up here, tell, tell everybody that what your website is and okay. um, can we get a hold of you on, on social media or, or anything like that? Yes. Yes. So my website is sidewalk property solutions.com. Um, and I have uh, Instagram and Facebook at both of those names. Also, my own personal one is where I post most most of my things. I, I don't do it quite as much anymore, but I used to post a lot of like food and uh, 
you know, flowers and things like that. Yeah. But um, at whips55 on Instagram, that's my personal one. And whips w W H I P S five five. So I used to play roller derby, and my my name was Whips and Salsa. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So what did we learned. See that yes. could have been the answer to that question too. What what should uh, I, yeah. did you ever play roller derby? <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching that as a kid on television. Oh yeah. Saturdays it was a very big thing. Um, <laughs> there's a team in Atlanta here. I forget. I pause. I forget. I'm gonna think of it as soon as we sign off here. But yeah. Do you ever travel? We play that or do you still play? Um, I don't play anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's very time consuming. Also, I didn't really like it that everybody wanted to hit me. Uh, <laughs> I, <hear you. laughs> and I loved, I loved going to practice and doing the drills and whipping people and, yep. you know, helping them to go fast, not like hitting them with a rope or anything but um (laughs) so i really liked that so yeah we learned something else too about you (laughs) so whips five five uh, at instagram on instagram Mm -hmm, that's on instagram yes cool and if somebody wants to they i would say they just would they message you on on instagram if if there's a wholesaler out there listening to this and they yeah oh i'd love to work with christine and get in on this uh her national website <laughs> yeah cool. yes that's good um yeah. also i have the uh, the facebook page facebook.com slash sidewalk property solutions all right um you can reach me there there as well awesome sounds good well thanks yeah. so much is there anything else you wanted to add before we go no i think that's good all thanks right. so much for for interviewing me yeah, absolutely. It's been great. I, I, I love learning about your, you know, your business and about your why. That's a pretty powerful why for sure. And you were in roller derby, which is cool. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much, Christine. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you.